Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. My name is Holly. Hi, Sarah. My name is April. I'm in Melbourne, Australia. I have a question about... My name's Julianne, and we live in India. I am wondering... Hi, Sarah. This is Crystal from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Can you give me a suggestion for an especially fabulous book... Hey there, I'm Sarah McKenzie. This is the Read Aloud Revival. And in this short episode, I'm answering one of your questions. Hi, Sarah. My name is Tracy. I just listened to episode 154, and I really loved the idea of letting your children have lots of free reading time. I have six children. My oldest is 10, and he is a voracious reader. My issue is when I go to the library, I'm trying to look after six children, including a 19-month-old and three-year-old twins, and I can't really um, bet every single book that he might pick out. So I'm wondering how I can guide his reading and yet still allow him lots of free choices. Hey, Tracy. Okay, so yes, this can be really tricky. And I'll be honest, I'm finding that it's a lot harder to take our kids to the library and let them wander these days. And it's getting harder all the time if we're trying to keep them, you know, keep our kids reading lives from being filled with morally objectionable content. So it's a huge bummer. I really wish we could just let our kids like have free reign in the library. Um, but for a lot of us, that's not really in alignment with what we're hoping to do. So also, you've got your hands full with little ones. Oh my goodness. I so remember the three-year-old twin stage. That is a very hard stage with twins. And then I think you also mentioned you had an 18-month-old. Okay, so let's talk about some ways to handle this. One strategy that I do is I, if my kids pick books from the library that I'm not familiar with, then when we get home, and I usually can't do this at the library, so we check them all out and we get home, and I would go through them really quickly before kids ran off with them. And any books that I didn't recognize, I'd put in a stack and I would take, you know, 10 minutes and do some quick searches online and just look them up. There's a few different places I've gone um, to look up books. Redeemed Reader is one of my favorite websites. We'll put all of these in the show notes, by the way, at readaloudrevival.com slash 188. So if you're like folding laundry or on a walk with a baby or <laughs> rocking someone to sleep, you do not have to um, you do not have to jot these down. Redeemed Reader is one of the very first places I go. Common Sense Media is another great place. They have movie um, reviews there as well, but they have um, they review books. And what I'm looking for, I should make this clear, I'm not looking for someone else to decide if this is a good book for my kids. What I'm looking for is someone who can shed some light on if there's any objectionable content that I'm, my child is not ready for. So what I like about Common Sense Media is it will just tell you if it's there's violence, if there's language, as they get older, if there's other kinds of inappropriate content. Um, and Redeemed Reader, same thing. They just give you an idea of what you can ex your child can expect to encounter in the book that you probably Probably are going to want to know about so you can decide if it's a good fit for your child at this particular age or not. Um, those are my first two stops. And then um, if I don't have any success there, if I can't find the book on Redeemed Reader or Common Sense Media, I'll often just Google it. <laughs> I'll Google homeschool. Let's say the title is um, Me and My Dad. Okay, I just made that up. Uh, I could Google, you know, homeschool review Me and My Dad, maybe the author's name or something, or Christian review me and my dad and the author's name that a lot of times will turn up different like homeschooling parents will have 
blogs, blog posts, reviews about newer books. And that can be really helpful because if you can skim a review really quick and see what they might have found in it that they either really liked or that they were like, hey, heads up, this book has this particular issue addressed in it. So, you know, not every 10-year-old is ready for this. Now, the problem with that method, I think, is that he's getting his hopes up, picking books from the library. And if you get him home and go, I don't want you really to read any of these, that's a huge bummer. And also, it was a lot of work to get all those kids to the library, right? So that feels kind of frustrating. So another strategy I have always used is putting books on hold. One thing that you can do is you can just go onto your library's website and you can put books on hold. You request them. The library pulls them. You may not already know this, but I'm going to explain it for anyone who doesn't know. The library pulls them from the shelves. And usually when you're doing this, you're not just asking your library to check your particular local library's shelves, but all of the libraries in that network. So all of the libraries usually in your county. And they'll, sh they'll ship them from a different library that has it. They'll get it for you and they'll put it on, in, on a shelf in the hold shelf. And then they'll let you know, hey, your holds are in. And then you can either just swing in sometime without the kids or maybe your husband can pick them up for you. Uh, and then you're just, instead of letting your kids wander the library, you're choosing the books and then bringing them home a selection that they get to choose from. And that's also just helpful if it's really too much work or too exhausting to take everybody to the library. And sister, I have been there. So if that is a season for anyone who's listening, then that's a real thing. And it's totally okay. You can just put a whole bunch of books on hold, let the librarians pull them for you. Then you have sort of a curated list. And in that case, you know, it's a little nicer because maybe you can sit down for an evening with some tea and and pull up some book lists that are reliable. You could look at Redeemed Reader, like I mentioned. You can look at books like Honey for a Child's Heart by Gladys Hunt. Um, our book lists are obviously good choices here. We have a whole list called Books Boys Love that would be a great fit for this. And then you're putting them on hold and bringing them home and giving your son the choices from there, from that selection. That can also be helpful for you. One other thing I think is worth mentioning here is that uh, if there's not morally objectionable content in the books that your son is picking at the library, maybe they're he's just picking books that you're like, uh, you could do better. You know, they're not the highest literary value. You might kind of think like, that's a dumb book. I don't really want you to read that. Um, I will let you know that I do let my kids read what they choose during our daily quiet reading hour. So when we'd go to the library, I would let them pick books that I was not impressed by, as long as they didn't violate any of our family's moral code, right? So obviously, we all, all of our families are going to have guidelines as to what our kids are allowed to read morally. But when it came to just like books that I thought, oh boy, I don't really want you to waste your time reading that because I think it's kind of dumb. I would not say that to my kid. What I have noticed is that when somebody tells me that something that I'm enjoying <laughs> or I'm liking is dumb or beneath them or beneath me, that doesn't make me like it any less. It just kind of makes me feel ashamed and private about it, right? So the same is with our kids. So I would try not to like use the word twaddle. I, I pretty much don't use the word twaddle. Um, I try not to say books are dumb or whatever in front of like, or you know, anything that is condescending about the books my kids are reading. All of my kids have gone through a stage where they were reading lots and lots of books that were very easy for them, that they could have read higher, harder, you know, higher level, harder books. But that stage of reading a lot of easy books is really important to their life as a reader and to their growth as a reader for a couple of reasons. Number one, it helps them identify as a reader. Like I'm a kid that just reads. I am someone who reads. Look, I keep finishing books. For example, my daughter, one of my daughters loved those really, um, there's like a whole huge collection of them, uh, fairy books, those fairy books that are like color fairies and rainbow fairies and stuff. 
And she was reading those copiously, even past the stage when she really could have been reading other things. I would have chosen something else for her. But by letting her read tons of those, they were easy for her. So she was getting better and faster at reading because that's how our kids get better and faster at reading. Once they know how to read, they get better and faster and more fluent with a quantity of words. So if they can just be reading a ton of easy books, they will get better at it and then they'll enjoy it more because we enjoy things that we're good at, right? They also get this sort of endorphin rush from, I look at this whole stack of books that I read all by myself. That's an amazing feeling for a kid who's just becoming a, an independent reader. And then they burn out of those phases. So, you know, that child is not still reading <laughs> the fairy books. And even though it felt like kind of a long phase when we were in it, when she was over it, it was like, oh, I think all these books are the same. I want to read something else. And so my advice is if your child's just picking books that you sort of think like eh, not impressed by these but they're not morally objectionable maybe just let him read them they're probably helping him become a better reader he's probably enjoying them so he's learning that reading is enjoyable that's a huge thing for him to learn right and it will burn out and then if you keep reading aloud really good books uh, they're going to develop a taste over time for really good books. In fact, I think when it comes to helping shape our kids' taste in reading, if we just let them read what they want, even if that is Kelvin and Hobbes or Garfield or whatever, again, in alignment with your own family's code, right? If we just let our kids read a, read whatever they want and we don't condescend it or insult it in any way, and then we also read aloud really good books, then what happens is they become strong independent readers who enjoy reading and then who develop taste for excellent books. I hope that's a little bit helpful, Tracy. Um, good luck on your next library outing <laughs> with your pack full of sweeties. Thank you so much for your question. Now let's hear from the kids about what they're enjoying lately. Hi, my name is Mukti. I'm 12 and I live in Texas. My favorite book is 13 Gifts by Wendy Mass, and I like it because it's about normal kids who have magical powers. Hi, my name is Kimia and I'm 10 years old and I live in Texas. My favorite book is Meet Krista by Mary Casanova. What I like about it is Krista meets bullies in her school and she becomes friends with them at the end. Hello, my name is Ashay from Taker. I live in Texas and I'm seven and a half years old. I love The Cul-de-Sac Kids by Beverly Lewis. What I like about it is that they are all kids and friends. Thanks for listening. If you've got a question for an upcoming episode, leave me a voicemail at readaloudrevival.com slash message. Until next time, go make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. So many of us feel overwhelmed in our homeschool. There's a lot to do, and it feels like every child needs something a little different. The good news is, you are the best person on the planet to help your kids learn and grow, and home is the best place to fall in love with books. I'm Sarah McKenzie. I'm a homeschooling mother of six, the author of Teaching from Rest and the Read Aloud Family. And I'm the host here on the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. This podcast has been downloaded over 8 million times. And you know, I think it's because so many of us want the same things. 
We want our kids to be readers, to love reading. We want our homes to be warm and happy havens of learning and connection. We know that raising our kids is the most important work of our lives. That's kind of overwhelming, right? You are not alone. In Read Aloud Revival Premium, we offer family book clubs, a vibrant community, and Circle with Sarah coaching for you, the homeschooling mom, so you can teach from rest, homeschool with confidence, and raise kids who love to read. Our family book clubs are a game changer for your kids' relationship with books. We provide you with a family book club guide and an opportunity for your kids to meet the author or illustrator live on screen. So all you have to do is get the book, read it with your kids, and make those meaningful and lasting connections. They work for all ages, from your youngest kids to your teens. Every month, our community also gathers online for a circle with Sarah to get ideas and encouragement around creating the homeschooling life you crave. They're the most effective way I know to teach from rest and build a homeschool life you love. We want to help your kids fall in love with books, and we want to help you fall in love with homeschooling. Join us today at rarpremium.com.